Bruce, I don't know if you remember me. Uh, I, can't, I can't tell if I do. Okay. I was the uh, news anchor on uh, breakfast television here in the city of Calgary when you oh, when you were shooting Young Drunk Punk, and then you right. directed the scene as me as a news anchor for your show. Oh, you did that so well. Oh, well, thanks. Go, thanks. That's, right? not, that's not what my kids tell me, but... Uh... <laughs> no, no they, don't, they don't believe in us, Ted. <laughs> And uh, okay, yeah. so you're coming to Calgary. Are, are you flying directly from Toronto to here and hanging out for a few days, or do you have something in between? No, um, I'm coming there, and we're doing we're doing the fan expo there and meeting our friends. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, are you excited to come back to Calgary? Oh, I always am, and you know, I I have great friends that are still there. The, the One Yellow Rabbit organization, and through Loose Moose as well, of course. Um, but it's nice, you know, this is only the second fan expo we've done and I didn't know I'd like it. I did it in, we did it in Toronto and it was amazing to sort of meet people and do a storytelling show and it, it, it's quite fun. So yeah, Calgary is my, my home. Your really. haunt. Yeah, your haunt. Yeah. And it's okay. So you're meeting fans. Is, is it ever like weird and awkward or is it always a lot of fun with some cool questions? Oh, well, no, you know, everybody is on the spectrum, basically. (laughs) And so it's so fascinating, you know, what the person will come and talk to you about. Like one person was talking about just the inside of um, Rideau Hall and how it it wasn't so nice the way they designed it. It's like, what a weird thing to start talking to me about. (laughs) Um, Or people will have known us forever or they'll go, my dad and I really didn't connect, but we watched your show. Or so there's all kinds of things that um, you know that make it fascinating. So it's always I used to be scared of our fans, but now that I've met a bunch of them, I'm I I'm not I I like them because they're like me. They're weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> and that I mean, take us back if you don't mind, Bruce. I mean, the kids in the hall. Was it five weirdos that came together and started to produce this you know comedy gold? Yeah, I mean. You know, we didn't, of course, you never have a plan when you're young. We were just, we were just doing it. And we didn't know that we'd, you know, I'm playing with Brian Conley tonight, who's the musician from Shadowy Uniform or Shadowy Planet. Um, this, this summer will be 50 years I know him. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't go, oh, what am I entering into when I walked into Loose Moose and there was Mark McKinney? But you look back and go, wow, yeah, it really has been a thing. <laughs> and we were, you know, uh, five feral people who I don't think anybody else wanted to be around, and it, and, and we found each other. T- take us back, if you don't mind, Bruce. Uh, you're a Calgary kid, a teenager, and um, you know you're going to high school in this city. What was Calgary like back then? Well, I, you know, I I don't want to beat it up too hard. You know, it was it was pretty rough. You would get <laughs> you would get chased by guys in trucks. Um, screaming at you because you're wearing a pink t-shirt and they would want to fight you and then I'd want to fight them back. Um, so there was a small collective of people who I knew, like just my friend group, and it was a bit, it was a bit rough then. And, you know, I think people went to the bars to fight, not to listen to music or listen to comedy. And uh, obviously it's evolved in many ways and certainly artistically uh, since then and all the great film production that's going on there. But it was a kind of a rough little city, I think, in many ways. And and is that was that the idea behind um, that kind of fueled a little bit of young drunk punk? You know, the the one season that you shot here. Yeah, well, it's also I didn't, you know, now now people are on the internet and they find their weird friends. You know, then I didn't have my weird friends, so so music became 
my my world. And so the six people who I were friends with liked the same weird music, and that that kind of hardened uh, myself in, in in a certain way. And it just started that conversation that I've been having since then, which is like the world doesn't have to be the way that it's been described by businessmen. And so I think Calgary for, uh, for, uh, has certainly made me strong in it's my punk ethic, like I, to find who I was and to find my people. And I realized through the Kids in the Hall that they're certainly my people. And through the Kids in the Hall fans, it's like, there's actually thousands of us. When I lived in Calgary, it felt like there was just three people like me who were kind of losers walking around with some, you know, beer under our arm looking for a party and kind of for a fight. But it's, there's a lot of us. And so that's, that's what Calgary, one of the things Calgary gave me. What, was there a lot of Calgary or, or Calgary people in some of your characters, you know, that you created in Kids in the Hall? Oh, certainly. I do, I do a guy who's, a guy I've seen in every uh, version of in every, you know, at the Shamrock or wherever I was drinking when I was 18 um, and truthfully 17. Sorry. Um, a guy who just won't stay down. A little guy who just doesn't know. He says, I went to bartending school for you, you know, to his girlfriend. Um, so, yeah, there's there's lots of um, the, sort of the pugilist in me really comes from Calgary. And some of the obviously some of the I've done a, some rock characters and things like that. That's definitely a calgary boy in a certain way you know is is there much of your family in any of your characters bruce oh without question you know my favorite character kathy oh yes is, uh, <laughs> the secretary is my sister no my she she lives in edmonton and she's someone who has such bad luck all the time but she's still so joyful she just goes oh that's okay i'll be fine tomorrow <laughs> oh i still got my coffee and my my you know and my magazines i'm good you know, so something about that spirit of um, kind of a, a, a person who doesn't want so much and just wants to kind of be happy and be friendly, uh, that certainly is my sister. You know? and, <laughs> and, of course, every, every a-hole dad I played, is, of course, his, was my a-hole dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, did, did you ever, like, does your sister know that you're playing her when you play Kathy? Yeah, and she's she's quite flattered. Oh, yeah. okay, good. Yeah, she doesn't quite see it, but she she gets it. You know, she's still talking yeah. to you. That's the. <laughs> oh yeah, she, <laughs> she texted good. me last week saying, uh, "You're my hero." It's like what a thing for your older sister to say. <laughs> there you like, go. Oh, what's wrong? Do you need money? <laughs> <laughs> Simply, okay, how much you need? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So okay. So that's where Kathy comes from. Uh-huh. What about um? Uh, well, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. What about that little kid you play, Gavin? Yeah, well, Gavin is a character who actually sort of came full form. He was, I was building a veranda at the cottage at Winnipeg Beach when I lived in Winnipeg with my father. And my my dad was a terrible carpenter. The sweat was just dripping off his big fat tummy. And this weird little kid came up and he said to my dad, either you've been swimming or you're sweating. (laughs) And, And he just stood there for a minute and just started talking and just said a bunch of crazy stuff and like weird things. You know, we didn't we didn't understand the reference of a, of a kid's kind of being on a spectrum then, and he left. We never saw him again. And then many years later, when I was uh, writing in our office in Toronto, somehow that came back to me, and I just wrote that first little Gavin. And uh, so, uh, yeah, whoever that person was, I I think I stole his his identity and his character many years later. <laughs> Did you ever? So you never met him again. 
No, no. And he just by, just came by our cottage once. Like, yeah. We were there for like five summers, but nope, he, we never saw him again. Wow. Maybe it's... he didn't exist. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was from the comedy gods. He was just giving me, a, they were giving me a character. It's funny how that just walked literally into your life and, and yeah. has stayed and all in the character Gavin now. That's hilarious. Yeah. But Mark McKinney says it's the, it's the worst job in show business to be the straight man for Gavin. Because I just stand there and make jokes, and it's just everybody hates it. When they have to play Gavin with me, they go, "Oh, oh my God, I got to play Gavin's mom. Oh, this is the worst." Oh. And I go, "Yeah, I get it. I get it." That's funny. Okay, so uh, you brought up Mark McKinney. So let, let's go through, uh, you, you know, your fellow brothers and, and the kids in the hall. So uh, Mark McKinney, you met Mark here, right in Calgary? Yes, Loose Moose. Um, he was um, having the piano tuned. And Loose Moose stage when I first met him, and it was like taking forever. And the first thing I said to him was, like, how goddamn long is it going to take you to tune that <laughs> piano? And that was the beginning of our weird brothership. And that was many, many years ago. Yeah, <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, what about Dave Foley? What, what's the backstory with Dave Foley and you? Well, D- Dave, well, uh, Dave, uh, when I first moved to Toronto, I lived, Dave lived, I got an apartment, because in the old days you would just, a guy would say to the landlord, oh, I have a friend. He's going to pay the rent. And, and the landlord would say, okay. So I lived below Dave when I first moved to Calgary in the 80s. And so I could tell when he was home because I'd hear him pacing around. <laughs> and, I could, and I could tell, like, you know, if he's having a fight with his girlfriend or, you know, maybe I'd hear the, the lid of the bottle go off and maybe I'd go up and have a drink with him. And so, yeah. But he and Kevin were great friends. And Kevin lived in the next apartment over and so they were a duo, kind of. And Mark and I were a duo, sort of. And okay. so it, we were sort of two pairs. And they were more like vaudevillians, and we were more like weird, beat poet, <laughs> weirdos, character people or something. And, and, how, and how, did, how did the four of you find Scott? Well, Scott found us. We had a show that was really a bomb show that we were doing uh, at Toronto when we first got here. Because we thought, oh, we're just going to be successful like we were in Calgary, eh? Um, and we did a, a sketch where I'd hidden donuts under the seats, like before Oprah would do that. <laughs> and he, he, it was a terrible show, and he started throwing donuts at us and heckling us, um, and it, which we only later found out as after he joined us. He was like, you know, I'm the guy who threw all those donuts at you. Um, so he <laughs> came and found us and, you know, brought his, of course, queer point of view and his showmanship and all his characters to uh, the troop, and then once he came, the troop was sort of um, solidified, and it, 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 it's you know it's not magic, but whatever is good about it uh, became became that. What it is now, yeah, okay. Um, I have to ask you because I, I chatted with Kevin McDonald a couple weeks ago because he had a show here in the city, uh, yep. working with a with a, an improv group here in Calgary, and I asked him. I said because he brought up at one point that one of the weirdest questions he's ever been asked at like a fan thing was, um, and I guess this must have been early in your days, like, do you guys live together? And, and uh, he said that that was the one that stuck with him. And then I asked him, I'm like, well, what would it be like living together with, you know, all, all the, the rest of the kids in the hall? He said, oh, it'd be fun except for Bruce and Scott are the messiest. Oh, for sure. Oh, oh you agree. I, I was wondering oh, if you agreed or not. Yeah, no, there, there was, we had little offices that, that were hermetically sealed uh, when we were doing, writing through the show. And there was always fruit flies in my <laughs> office. I, I, sometimes I'd come and there'd be like six office workers just staring at the amount of hundreds of fruit flies that were in my office. You know, because I was, I was really into eating grapefruits at the time. I wasn't so 
into finishing them. So <laughs> that, and there would be other things I'm sure I spilt or some wild turkey or something I brought in from Calgary. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm okay now that I've been, you know, trained by all the um, amazing women in my life. But I was a pretty feral person in my 20s. <laughs> so, so what are you doing now, Bruce? I mean, we talked a, a minute or two ago about, you know, I mean, your gig, you got a gig tonight at the Rivoli in Toronto, a, a cool show that you're putting on with some friends. I mean, what else, what else does Bruce McCullough do these days? Well, you know, I produce shows. There's actually the, a troupe called The Dessert. They're, they're doing a new show on, on uh, Crave TV which I'm doing. I always direct stuff. I just won an award this last weekend for uh, directing Tall Boys, which is a really great sketch show um, that CBC does. Good for you. Congratulations. Well, thank you. So I develop a lot of TV and work with things and tour around and write television and, you know, do some directing. I did Schitt's Creek and a bunch of other uh, trailer park boys quite regularly and a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, I'm always pretty busy but it's the best thing to do is to to meet people and tell stories and yeah. do what i'm doing tonight is to do comedy and of course what i'll what we'll be doing in calgary or calgary when we have a little sort of storytelling show that we'll be doing for people yeah that's going to be super awesome it's going to be super awesome. i have to ask you bruce before i let you go young drunk punk uh, any chance of a season two there no unfortunately you know it got a, it was a weird thing like it was it was between two networks and then once cbc got it after after it it had been on city, it just it had no sort of um, momentum. Um, but I loved the season we did, and it was pretty great to film in Calgary. And that, I had done a film a, a couple years before that with Ray Liotta, so it's like one of my favorite places um, to be. And you know the talent pool there is amazing. But no, we just did the one season, and as my teenage son says. Um, I'm Mr. One Season. <laughs> because a lot of the shows I do, I guess, only only get one season. So, so that's how I got the name. Sounds like your teenage son is just like my teenage son, telling me yep. I have the perfect face for radio type thing, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. And I tell them, I'm like, dude, I worked like for decades in TV. They're like, yeah, they finally smartened up. You're on radio now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. No, if your kids love you, they'll be mean to you. Yeah, exactly. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Bruce, thank you so so much for your time this afternoon and looking forward to seeing you here in Calgary. Thank you for this. Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you for your beautiful performance many years ago on Young Drunk Punk. And I hope to talk to you again.